The one thing about the word of God, that is, is that it is true. Whatever he speaks is. And you don't have to have any uh, concern whether, well, now what is he trying to say? Except that you study the word. See, our problem, we read words and we get the content, the top of it. But we have to go down to the bottom, get the context. What was he speaking about? Who was he speaking to? And what is the purpose of what he's letting us know through his word? And we can go to any other facilities. We can go to any other um, preachers and no, you know, nothing against them. But if you don't know the word, they can tell you anything. And you'll say yes to it and it's not in the word. The one thing about the word of God, it's going to prove itself. And if you believe in the word of God, everything he says in the word of God that applies to you is for your benefit. Tell your neighbor, it's for my benefit. There you go. And it's your benefit that is connected to your family's benefit because once you get his word and he speaks to you, it's for you and your family and everybody that is connected to you. That's why you got to get the word right. And so just indulge me for a few moments as I just share this word with you. And you know, we lay hands on men suddenly around here these days. So you got to have a word. Isaiah, go with me to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. We know Isaiah, he is that prophet that gives us the word and prepares us for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the mouthpiece that God sends. Remember, in the days of old, the old prophets, they, the Holy Spirit had not descended yet, but they were given word through the Holy Spirit because God gave them the word and told them what to write. They didn't, they didn't go and you know, take notes and say, I'm going to do it this way. They didn't revise it. Everything he told them is what they wrote. Amen? That's why you know how you know that the word is correct. And it says the spirit, beginning at verse 1, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. In other words, Isaiah is validating the fact that I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not doing this on my own. Even if we go, I may be jumping a bit, uh, a bit, but sometimes when you read about Paul, because Paul gives exhortations as well, and Paul is the same way. Paul will say, but this is from the Lord. The Lord told me, blah, blah, blah. He gives you the word. And then he says, now this is not from the Lord, but the Lord is allowing me to share this with you. You know what I'm saying? That's where the word of God comes in. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord, the Lord, not the prophet, not the prophetess, not the parking lot gossip, not the one on the telephone, not the one, you know, the spirit of the, the Lord hath anointed me. What does anointed mean? There is a ceremonial place of anointing. It is the oil that is used. But anointing just seems to me to be appointed to do what God has called you to do. And everybody don't like it when you know that God has appointed you or chosen you to do 
what he's called you to do. But how many of you know, or maybe today you understand, you don't care what people think about you. It's not about you confessing or making sure that the people know. You're confessing that the Lord called me. And I may not be in the place that you think I should be. I may not have the presentation that others may have, but I have been chosen by the Lord to do what I'm doing. David was a young boy. Saul was a great king. He looked the part. Read his description. He was tall, they say. They say he was handsome. He fit the part. But he didn't really honor the part. You know, some people get a little too self-righteous and it's all about them because God called me. And he did. Read the whole story. When Israel decided we don't want, we need a king. We need flesh. We need somebody we can manipulate. We need somebody that we can see. We need somebody that we can tell what to do for us. We need somebody that can really could give, give us what we want. But, you know, you know God said to Samuel, because Pastor Samuel got a little upset. He said, God, they don't want me to be their judge. And they're not looking for anybody else. But God said, it ain't nothing about you. Tell your neighbor, it ain't about you. You ain't that wonderful. You're not that wonderful. You are needed. You are called. But you're not the cat's meow. No, no. He said, listen, Samuel, Pastor Samuel, don't get uptight. It's not about you. It's because they don't want me to rule them. Read the Bible in 1 Samuel. When he says that, what do you mean? He says that because people want to have their way, we can't even obey the traffic light signs out here and try to obey God in the spirit because he's looking out for us in every area. He, they wanted someone that they could see. Remember how they are called. I don't have time to get into it. So y'all forgive me and I promise I'm going to be finished on time. So when you look at the passage of scripture, he was chosen. And God said, if they want one, I'm going to get it. I'm going to give them a king, but I'm going to choose him. But let me tell you in the choosing what's going to happen. In the choosing, you're going to be a slave to them eventually. In the, in, in the choosing, you're going to go the wrong way because people like to have, be associated with people that have prestige. People like to be associated with people, names that are known, and people that are popular. I know this one and I, I sang with this one and I preached to that one. They want the affiliation, but they don't know what the person has gone through to get to where they are. And they're not really even looking to go through that. Oh, I need just a few people to help me out. I only got a few more minutes. But the Lord had anointed me to preach. Preaching means to, to, to just give the word of God. To proclaim the word of God. And to preach good tidings unto the meek. Meek, meek is someone who turns over their will and not resistant to the word of God. Whatever God tells you to do, you're going to humble yourself. 
you're going to be meek. I don't understand it. I don't know why. But you know what? I'd rather humble myself than have God humble me. I'll preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me, what? To bind up the broken hearted. Not to impress people with my presentation. Not to impress people with how I speak. Not to impress people with how I look. Just to press people that you're broken hearted, you have issues in life, I come with good news for you. I'm proclamating to you today that Jesus saves. God is still on the throne and no matter where you are right now, God can change your situation. Oh, that's a good place for a break, friends. To proclaim liberty to the captives, captives to homosexuality, captives to drugs, captives to un un unruly things, captives to alcohol, captives to gossiping. Now, why y'all got quiet on that one? A uh, uh, captain of uh, bite biting, captain of lying, captain of steal. I come to set those people free. I came to let you know that God is here to set you free and cause you to have liberty. Anybody liberated here this morning? Open, opening the doors of them that are bound. Prison by life. Paul and Silas can tell you their story. They should have been, you know, down and out and upset. But they chose to have a worship and praise service. And it wasn't even about how good they can sing. It was the fact that I'm going to praise my God no matter what situation I am in. They chose... Paul singers, you chose me, I'm a prisoner, I'm a servant. You chose me, you changed my life, let them put me in prison. But while I'm here, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to stop that crying, I'm going to stop murmuring, I'm going to stop complaining, because my praise could set somebody free. I'm moving on, I only got a few more minutes. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the days of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. We are in a place in this world with this craziness going on. If you don't have God in your life right now, I don't know how you're making it. It might be easy for some of you, but if you don't have God in your life, the things that we've been going through for the last eight days... I don't think many of us, Pastor White, have prayed as hard as we've been praying before election day. But I'm going to leave that alone. But if you pay attention now, there's nothing wrong with it. You need to be informed. You need to understand where the world system is right now. Read your Bible. Yeah, go on the, on the news. Get all the social media information you can. But read your Bible. Find out where we are in Scripture and begin to pray and ask God to have mercy. Because the Bible says, you know, these things are to come. And let's, just let your neighbor know, we haven't seen anything yet. 
So I don't know why y'all want to be quiet right now. Y'all don't know about the victories that you're looking right now that we, you think that we have. Wait till God gives us the church, the church, the church. If the church can get together and unify more than changing politics, more than changing what's going on. Let's call about changing the world. Let's talk about changing the people that need Jesus. So when he does come back, we'll all be able to go together and no man will be lost. Can we get joyful about that? Not who sits in the Senate, not who sits at the table, but who's ahead. God is ahead and he is in control of everything. I need you to holler, my God, my God is in control. Put a praise on it, put a praise. Going down to verse three. In a few more minutes, I'll be on my way. To appoint unto them. Thank you, Elder, I appreciate your prayers. There's always one in the congregation, amen. Well, maybe two, I don't know what saying. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Zion, we know, is a place where God dwells. It's a, it's a place of refuge for the believers. It can be, also can be a dry place. It could be a dry place. But when God is in control, when God is a part of the audience, things happen. Woo, God. Uh, mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes. Lord have mercy. Beauty, the oil or the moisturizer, sisters. Yeah, the moisturizer, the daytime and the nighttime. Just depend on what products you're going to use. Cause you know, we look, we working out, we working it this morning. But if they had caught us a few hours ago, when we jumped out of the bed, whoo, going to church this morning, pull everything out your makeup bag. Ashes for beauty and the oil. There are certain oils, really, that are genetic, that will help you in your appearance. But after you do that, Anything you put on your face after you wake up, what's that called? Class 101. Anything you put on your face after you wake up is makeup. But that don't mean anything when it comes to God and he woke you up this morning, you are in your right mind, you purpose in your heart, I'm going to the house of the Lord, no matter what I've been through last night, no matter what they said about me, no matter how they talked about me, no matter how they lied on me, no matter how I feel, no matter how my body is wrecked with pain, but I know he's going to give me strength to get up to go to his house. And the first thing I'm going to do when I get to his house is to praise him. Yeah. 
gotta praise him. Then the garment of praise. I know you have neighbors, so can I just ask you to tell your neighbor, give me a little room, give me a little room. Because I'm getting ready to put on my garment, I guess. I might have been a little heavy when I got in here. Things wasn't great last night, and, and I wasn't sure how things were going to go today, but just, just give me some room because I, I may feel a little heavy, and I'm singing, and I'm dancing, and I'm raising my hand, and I'm opening my mouth, and I'm blessing the Lord, but let me put it on. Let me put the praise on. So just tell your neighbor, excuse me. Excuse me, you know, give them a distant uh, nudge. Excuse me. But I'm getting ready to put my, my praise on. Anybody got a garment? Anybody want to put their praise on? Let me see you put your praise on. Not about how I feel. Not about what's going on. It's who I believe in. I came on purpose to praise him. Come on, open your mouth and give him praise. Is that all you have? Is that all you have? Turn to the one, whether they can or cannot stand, and say, you need help? I'll help you put on your garment. Because we can praise him together. I can do it by myself. But the Bible says two are better than one. If I can get a Paul and Silas thing going up in here, find you a praise partner and say, let's praise him. Because he's worthy of it. Don't stop. Until you know where your praises go. Don't stop with just a feeling. Don't stop. Know that he hears your prayer. For the spirit 
of heaviness. Let the spirit of praise override the spirit of depression. Let the spirit of praise override the spirit of stress. Let the spirit of praise override the spirit of worry and the spirit of praise as you praise him. The enemy that comes to kill you right now is being destroyed. The enemy are killing each other. They don't know how to handle you because you praise. Tell them, your neighbor, I got just one more praise. Because while I'm feeling good now, I still want to feel this praise. When I take my seat, I still want to feel this praise. When I leave this building, I want to take my praise with me everywhere I go. I want to keep my garment of praise. I want to keep it on me. I don't ever want to throw it up. I want to praise him in good times, in bad times, when I'm confused. But if I praise him, he'll make everything all right. One more time, give him a praise. Take your seat. Put on the praise. Put on the praise. Keep it on. If you're getting ready to close, don't get rid of your, don't get rid of your praise garment. Don't get that praise away. Get that praise up. And whether you call, whether I call for it or not, or anybody, you got to learn how to praise him where you are. Nobody should have to ask you to praise him. He's been too good. He's been too kind. You shouldn't be here in your right mind. But if you praise him, he'll keep you. He'll keep your mind. He'll keep your heart. He'll let you know that you, he loves you. And no matter what you're going through, he is still worthy of the praise. That they might be called trees of righteousness. Trees, you know, it's amazing. I deal with people all the time and sometimes they, they don't understand. They come, they come to me for counseling and listen, uh, they're counseling me by the time I finish. Some people are going through stuff you have no clue. But by the time they finish and we finish, we look at the word, we tell us what the word tells us to do, we follow the word, and then we both go up in praise. Because I may not have gone through what they've gone through, but they're here to talk about it. Where others have taken their lives, where others have given up, where others have turned their backs on God, where others have said, I don't want none of this. Some of us are saying, no matter what I'm going through, I am going to praise him. 
Come on, come on. You pressed your way through, and the enemy has lost. Once again, Zion, we have won. When we understand our purpose, and I really am finished, when we understand our purpose and know that the, the enemy's job is to make sure that we are defeated, that we are losers, but we're already on the winning side. Our champion has already won the fight. He, he doesn't have to get it, he doesn't have to train anymore. He doesn't have to train, he's already done that. He's gone to the cross and he's already made us victors in him. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, because sometimes we don't feel like praising. It doesn't say when you feel like it. It's just an enter his gates. It doesn't say enter his gates when you feel it. Very fact, when you enter his gates that you're here, that you made it through the night, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And then when we come into the courts, which is the inner part, into his courts with what? With praise. What does praise mean? It means to speak well of. Is there anything you need to speak well of God? Has he done anything for you? Has he kept you? Has he provided for you? Has he healed you? Has he delivered you? Has he worked miracles in your life? Come on, come on, come on. As he set you on the path that is right. Many of us took the wrong path sometime, but he sets us right back on the path that the path does not destroy us. Even in our flesh, we want to go our own way, but we got to stay on the straight and narrow because there's a plan for you. We got to stay until we get to Zion. Till we get to Zion because in Zion is where we're going to get our strength.